0: I think that there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One of those things is that because the rents are rising so rapidly, we've sold some communities and we've sold to some individual investors who are buying new construction.
1: Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with
0: your host... Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Hello. uh, To regale you with stories of real estate today.
1: It's our, it's our favorite.
0: I'm telling you. We have internal dialogues all the time in our office about what is happening, how it impacts everybody, how it impacts internally in our business. And and man, I'm not going to say Heather that it's fun when it makes the news, but it has been making the news a lot recently, and so. Yes.
1: And I think anyway, it's definitely wanted... fun when the news gets it right.
0: Yeah. Well, when yeah, it's... which is very rare. Very yeah, exactly. rare. I am an equal opportunity hater of most things media, news media that is, and politicians of both sides, which I think yep. everybody who listens already knows, but. In this instance I think they did get it pretty right. Um there's I mean there's a couple of things in here that are you know sketchy, but but this is something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. People are trying to figure out exactly what is happening, what's going to happen with the real estate market. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time sure. on it. If you haven't seen the 60 minutes episode that aired, it actually was pretty good. It was on the 20th, so it's a little bit old, but I think it was yeah. pretty good. They start out the whole story, Heather with someone whose rent went up and they talk about like that there's this inflation and you know prices are going up in addition to that wall street's playing in the real estate space and they hinted at the fact that that's making a difference and it is of course but that the problem that we have currently is one that i think heather we've been talking about since like 2011 or 12
1: so long ago yeah.
0: i mean i can't even tell you how many years i've been showing the graph of how few homes we were building. yeah. And I remember distinctly in all of the uh, live events we did talking about, you know, there was a few areas that were really overbuilt and the whole rest of the country wasn't. But you yeah. can't shut down construction and loans and everything else for the whole rest of the country and expect there to not be a, a problem. And now here we are, yeah. we, have, we have the problem.
1: I remember you talking about it too in the context of hey look we may not be at the bottom yet people would ask well when's the bottom when are we gonna hit the bottom and i remember you saying like hey look here's this graph like we're not even keeping pace with population growth on building homes so Mm -hmm. who really cares when we're gonna hit the bottom and we get those questions now just in a different way right like hey this is gonna drop this is gonna crash right like oh it's coming soon i had a client For months, tell me every few months, like, oh, it's going to be this timeline. Like, I just know it's going to be six months. It's going to be a year and we're just going to fall out. Well, I I was in a,
0: Heather, you know, because I came straight back from a mastermind meeting before COVID and everybody was saying it was going to be like the next six months. And then when COVID hit, everybody said like the next six months, there's Mm going to be deals all over the place, littering the country. I think we talked about it on the podcast. Yep. Didn't happen. I said it wasn't going to happen. Didn't happen. There was no fundamental anything that said that that was going to happen. And it didn't happen. We don't have enough properties for everybody. But anyway, there are some challenging things happening out there for folks. And I think people are wanting to know why and what's up and what it means to them. So let's talk about this first, Heather, as if you are a attendant, someone who's actually renting a property. What is life going to look like over the next couple of years?
1: true i think you're gonna have your costs go up obviously i mean fuels Mm -hmm. up and which impacts just about everything i mean we were just talking this week flights are skyrocketing so and then you have your everyday living stuff like groceries grocery bills are going to be going up
0: already are and have been been (laughs) for a long long time yes again we've said it before not transitory this didn't start because of putin but this has been going on now and it's been underreported and and they've been playing with the numbers like they always do. But inflation is here and it is it is not quite out of control, but it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah.
1: I think it's a great scapegoat though to say, oh, look, the Putin like be able to say this is all of our problems that are caused by the war. So in Russia.
0: So if you're a tenant, you can expect your rent's gonna go up. It it mm-hmm. is. So you need to prepare for that right now. So if you are renting currently you can expect that your rent is going to go up. So 60 Minutes asked this couple who had their rent increase $400, and they were just, what happened? Well, what happened is that it was under-rented for a long, long time. And yep. then inflation happened, and you combine all of that, the market rent is obviously $400 a month higher. They just had a really good run with below market rents. And I'm here to tell you, if you feel like you've got low rent, you probably do, and it's probably going to go up. Be so, ready. Good point. Get ready for it. It's going to happen.
1: I think, but one thing that's happening too that I've been seeing is wages are increasing by and large. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. I don't think that they're increasing at the same pace as inflation, right. which is going to hurt a lot of people. And I, you know, this inflation tax that is hitting America, it's going to hit middle income and low income families the hardest. And so if you're in one of those and you're listening, You need to get prepared for this to happen because it it is going to happen. Which I think leads into the whole ownership thing. Do you buy a house or do you rent a house? Well, it kind of depends on whether or not you want to lock in what you're paying for the house. Yep. Because if you buy it and you get fixed debt, you've fixed your payment and it's not going to go up. If you continue to lease, I promise you one thing. It is going to go up. So yeah. if you've been sitting on the fence because prices are going up, I actually don't think that's going to change in the near future. But rents are going to go up pretty dramatically, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we've been seeing it. I had I met with a builder in Oklahoma City last summer, and he said they were getting 10% rent increases a month. So it was going up for a solid you know, 4 or 5 months and they were used to be a dollar a square foot and now they're pretty much a dollar 30 a square foot. So it just climbed pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. So, so on a 1,000 square foot place, if you guys want to do the math, that's $300 difference. Yep. That's a humongous swing. It's not insignificant when you go up 30% on a property. It's it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And so I know we've talked about this, but let's just go through it one more time because I want to make sure that everybody really gets this why are we here and this is the piece i think 60 minutes actually did a pretty good a pretty good job of reporting i agree in 08 09 construction stopped i mean it just like completely stopped there were subdivisions that were under construction just sat there just sticks sat there Mm -hmm. there were other communities that could have and probably should have been built And the banks just sold the lots off out of steel. I know at least three builders who bought up literally thousands of developed lots and made a fortune over the last many years building on those that they bought for five grand a pop. Yeah. That's what happened. And then we didn't really start building until 2014. I mean, the bottom wasn't even until 2012. So it all those years. And you know, in the places that were overbuilt. I mean, we were gobbling up inventory that, that was already built, it was overbuilt, but that was only in certain pockets. The whole rest of the country didn't have that problem. And so to exacerbate that problem, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Heather, Florida, like the Southeast, parts of the Midwest, they're seeing massive migration, more than they would normally have. And because of that, the problem is even worse in those marketplaces. Mm-hmm. So they're reporting the number at about 4 million. We're about 4 million properties short.
1: That's insane. That's a I lot mean, of property.
0: I mean, usually in a cycle, you, you get to the point where you can, get, you can build yourself out of the challenge. I mean, 4 million is really way underwater, folks.
1: Well, and then a couple of that with supply chain issues we've had due to COVID, so that building and construction has been delayed so that it's really difficult to even catch up with that number. It's just felt like for us, working with builders, they're frustrated, they are so frustrated. And then your cities' building departments are either closed, people are working from home, they can't get answers to get permits to start building. I mean, so you couple the fact that we're behind with the fact that it's hard to even just build at normal pace. Oh complex problem it's very complex
0: it it really so. is and it's and it's big and so that leads us kind of to our internal discussions right about well what we have interest rates that are climbing a little bit and i say a little bit guys i mean a little bit everybody's acting like the whole world that is, is going to crash down because we've raised interest rates a half a point i mean this is that's not even close to true it's not even close to true and we've been over kind of why that is already but it's because these rate increases are already baked into the crazy appreciation that's happening in the properties. So if the appreciation rate slows a little bit because of a quarter of a point or a half a point in uh, your rate, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. People have been offering 50 and 100,000 dollars over market. Yeah. That's far more than a quarter to a half a point, guys, in payment. So it's baked in already. So markets haven't slowed down. We've now had at least a half a point increase and rents are rising but they're not rising as fast as the appreciation of the properties is going up and because of that you have a shrinkage in your return on your cash return on investment on properties right now mm-hmm. so it's harder and harder to find really really attractive cash flow now I say that, but I mean, Heather, between 8 and 12% is really attractive cash flow. Really attractive. I'm, I'm so no. attractive Everybody <laughs> got so spoiled where you could get 25 well, you know, 30% cash ROIs on yes. properties, and they've forgotten what a real investment is. And I mean, where else can you go and get that?
1: Nowhere. And that's one of your four rates of return. And I bought off my first property in, I think, 2016, and my rate was 5.75. And that's right around where we're hitting right now without any kind of incentives or, you know, origination. So it's not like it's crazy high. And I think people are, I think the pace in which they're going up have people more in a panic than anything like, oh man. So if anything, the panic should be, when can I buy soonest (laughs) in my
0: mind? Yeah. When now is the best time to buy uh, real estate, right? Yeah. So I think that there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One of those things is that because the rents are rising so rapidly, and I'm not sure that we talked about this on the on the podcast before or not, Heather, but we've sold some communities and we've sold to some some individual investors who are buying new construction, where the construction is, is taking eight, where it used to yeah. take four months, it's taking eight months. Mm-hmm. And by the time they close their property, the cash ROI is not even close to what was on the pro forma. I mean, not yeah. even close by many, many points. And I can't remember, I don't know, Heather, to put you on the spot, but I don't remember if you have the numbers from the Florida one or not. Yeah, See if I you can it. find that while I rattle this off. But I'll talk to you about the one that I, I know, which is an apartment complex. So they, they built this apartment complex. It took It's taking over a year to build this apartment complex. And in the interim, the 5.5% cap rate that they thought they were going to have when they were closed on this property is now going to be over a 6% cap rate. And it's only because the rents have gone up during construction. And so we have some properties, we have some properties right now that are under rented in one of our markets. I can't remember which market. Lewis, anyway, yeah. we have some under rented. And so the cash flows don't look very good, but they're under rented now, right? So when the new tenant moves, when the tenant moves out, you can raise the rent substantially already. And while they're in there, the rents are continuing to go up. And so The real rate of return on those properties is again, it's substantially higher.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have a couple of examples. So I have a client that went under contract in October of 2020 and closed at the end fall of 2021. So it was well over a year of construction, delay after delay. I mean, COVID, everything, right? And she closed at 339 purchase price. And it wasn't renting. She was anxious and she closed in December, actually. I remember this now. And so it was in the worst leasing time. She yep. chose to put it on the market and sell it just this last week. Oh. And she is under contract for 379 a $40,000 appreciation from when she went under contract. So, real. And it's like, could even have sold for a little bit more, really, if she would have been a little more patient, right? But she was in a panic. And so in the end, purchasing new construction, even if rates are higher, I mean, you have all of that equity. She could have even done, pulled out some equity if she wanted to. So I went there with her, but it wasn't really, she was in fear. So, but anyhow, in the Florida deal that you're talking about, I think it's the Cape Coral one, is that what you're talking about, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, so Cape Coral, Ron and I are are bought lots there. So my lot was $41,000. And I will be all in with the construction and the lot at about 316, or maybe even 311, sorry, because my lot was lower than 45,000. So 311. And then they're they're appraising right now around 410 for a smaller floor plan, because we have our own floor plan for this. And so It's possible it could even appraise for even higher in today's market. So there's a lot of opportunity that you just have to look past the fear of interest rates or whatever and look at the actual numbers.
0: Just look at the fundamentals. Look at all of your rates of return. I mean, obviously, one of the things that people got in trouble with back in the day is that their properties didn't cash flow enough to take care of the properties. That's a problem. And Mm. we would never advocate for that. But That said, take a look at all of your returns. Because if you're getting a solid cash on cash return, especially on a brand new property, almost nothing goes wrong with brand new properties. So if you can get a decent cash on cash return, you've got somebody paying your principal down and you're Mm -hmm. paying that principal down. I think this is also something that gets lost on people. In an inflationary economy, if you are locked in at whatever, 5%, 5 5.5%, whatever it is, and inflation is north of 10%, which it is. What are they reporting it now? Eight or something. Yeah. I some- it's more than that, but let's just call it eight. So if, if you have a loan, your debt is locked in less than that. And you have inflation, mm-hmm. which is a little bit out of control. You're literally paying back the debt that you borrowed with money that is worth less than when you bought the asset.
1: Yeah, It's so hard to get though, Ron, because that took me so long to get. I feel like we need to explain it in a different way, like again, or like, you know what I mean? Like several times to have people get it, but so I can So if
0: your money you know. is worth 10% less today than it was, or I mean, in a year from now than it is today, that means that you literally paid back yeah. debt that was 100 with 90. Yeah. Because that's literally what it's worth is 90, but you're paying the debt back with- basically 90. And so the the person who gets hurt in that exchange is the creditor, not the debtor. And I'm sure without like pictures, I don't know know. exactly how else to describe this, right? But it is a very difficult concept to understand, but inflation robs the purchasing power. So if I had a choice to have $100 today or $100 in a year from now, I would take it today because a year from now, the $100 is really going to be 90.
1: Yes. That help explain it right there. Yes.
0: Okay. So if I give the bank hundred dollars a year from now and it's worth 90, I'm paying my debt off literally with dollars that are worth less. And that just continues to whack away at their money. All the time I have a machine that is producing income and I have someone in the property who is, is literally paying off debt for me on my behalf all while the property goes up in value, the, the rent goes up in value, right? And the government gives me a tax benefit so that I don't even have to pay taxes on the money that's on at least most of the money that is coming from the property. It's obscene. So, and yes, there's a reason why Wall Street is doing this. I, like, yeah. I wondered for years and years why people on Wall Street looked at us like we were smoking some kind of funky <laughs> weed. <laughs> And the, well they finally figured it out and they're hitting this in a really really big way and why because they're hedging inflation with a hard asset that produces income it's pretty smart
1: i've had several clients call me this is this is totally new for me i've been doing this a long time and clients calling wanting to buy real estate not for cash flow not for appreciation not for depreciation all the four rates of return it is i want to hedge against inflation like totally different reason that i've had lately and i've had clients call only for that yeah i don't really care i need to park my money and hedge against inflation newer property would be great so it's not a big headache and they just are parking cash because they have over a half million dollars sitting in savings like just chilling and they've said oh yeah, my gosh not money. chilling
0: it's like being <laughs> tortured this is like you sent your money to prison and it is being tortured
1: <laughs> your check your savings account is prison that's amazing
0: it's a torture chamber yes. and you sent your money there to be tortured that's what's yes. happening and withered it away be, it's starved it's starved it could be living the lap of luxury <laughs> in a property instead the property <laughs> of your choosing by the way
1: i'm <clears> loving <throat> this so i will say that i sat in meetings this week with our development team and we were going through the formulas for our investor portal because we are launching. So excited. So if you're ready to upgrade your investor portal for a 90-day free trial, reach out to one of your rep here or reach out to invest at rpcinvest.com. But I'm meeting with them and we're going over principal reduction. So Ron and I, we talked about this yesterday, Ron. So I'm saying, well, hey, look, why would I care my rate of return on principal reduction? I would just wanna see the lump sum of how much my tenant has paid down my mortgage over time. That's an exciting number. And the more I got into it and the more I got excited about it, I'm meeting with the dev team and I said, I want you to put all four rates of return and the lump sum, historical lump sum on that property. So how much cash flow you've made since the beginning of owning that property. Mm -hmm. and how much principal reduction and how much appreciation and you can enter in your accelerated depreciation. So actual savings on depreciation, like super, super exciting to see the, how fast you make your money back. And Ron, you said to me, you said, yeah, we've been saying all the time that combined these four rates of return are in the 40, 50% range. You get to have all your money back from your investment in like a year or two.
0: (laughs) And we kind of look, here's the thing, guys, all of you out there listening, it's not believable when we tell people. So we focus on cash flow because people can yeah. understand that. and the number is is a believable number. Eight to twelve percent right now, people can wrap their heads around that because yeah. that's what they've been told their whole lives is what the stock market does, even though they've literally never gotten that much over time ever in their whole lives. I've yet to see a stock portfolio. You know, that's been going for any number of years that has has seen a downturn and is still at eight to twelve percent. I have yet to see one. Whatever. I don't believe that from you know, two seconds. Anyway, that's a believable number. But now you chuck in the principal reduction, which starts first year somewhere between three and five percent, but next year goes up. And the year after that goes up again. And the year after that goes up again, because the amortization schedule pays more on the principal, the longer you have it. Yeah. You combine those two, all of a sudden it becomes, okay, maybe I can believe that. Maybe, right. Mm -hmm. If I started at eight, now I'm 12. Okay. I can still believe that. Well, now you throw in depreciation, which is another like three and a half, 3.6%. If you don't cost segregate the property, just straight line depreciation is is 3.6%. So now you're up at like 18, 19, and you throw throw appreciation of even a slight amount, 3%, 5% appreciation rate, which right now everything is going crazy. And that's like 20%. It literally doubles your return. You're into almost 40% now. And if we tell people that number, nobody believes us. Yeah, but and people actually put it in front of their face and you like yes. you can't not see what is happening to the property. It.
1: Yeah. And I was gonna add that the appreciation of 3%, when you're financing and leveraging, it's like a 15% rate of return at 3% yeah. appreciation because the whole property appreciates, not just your down payment. So it just it's what you said, Ron. I mean, you told me years ago, like, yeah, we tried to add in whole life insurance. And it was so unbelievable. We had to take it out because clients were like, oh man, these guys, these guys are crooks. They're trying to tell.
0: (laughs) Heather, let's just take the appreciation really quick. I want to go through the number one more time because there's somebody on here going, that's not right. That's, I can't be Mm -hmm. right. Let's just go through the number real quick. Okay. Because if you put, if you buy a property, it's a hundred thousand dollars and it goes up 3%. That's a $3,000 gain. That $3,000, you put 20% down on the property, right? So you divide that by $20,000. I'm sorry, it's 15%. I'm
1: sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. That's, it's a
0: 15% return. Yep. Okay. So if it's 5%, it's over 20. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is what we've been trying to say. Now, usually this takes years of people owning a property before they go, holy crap, wait a second. I got all of this cash flow. Somebody paid down my principal. In addition to that, it went up in value and I've got this massive chunk of equity. I really didn't have to pay any taxes on the cash flow. This is insane. And then they keep doing it over and over and over again. Then it becomes kind of like an addiction. But to get your mind actually focused on the fact that all of these numbers go together. And now we have to add the fifth one, right? The fifth one is this hedge against inflation. You're literally paying off debt. Mm With money worth less than when you bought the property, which means you're which paying off amazing. a property for less money than you paid for it. Not exactly, but I mean, you, you get my point. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Amazing. So, I, I think, uh, and this isn't going to get better anytime soon, Heather, because yes. the prices are going up so much now that there's going to be even more people who ha- are forced to rent because they, they mm-hmm. can't buy the house. Exactly. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I've, we've looked, my partners and I have looked at by, of building some affordable apartment buildings. Unless the government literally just gives you money, you can't do it. It's not, it's not possible. The numbers don't work. And so there isn't going to be affordable housing built unless the government literally incentivizes, incentivizes people to do it. Interesting. And what's happening right now, like this, how many days ago was I in Kansas City? I just looked at a property in Kansas yeah, City, it's just this week. affordable rents, Heather, affordable rents, but they're way under rented. Hmm. So when we go in and we put half a million dollars into that property to fix it up, we're going to raise the rents. And now wow. those affordable rents are going to go up and it's going it's to take another property that was affordable off the market and there's going to be one less. And now somebody listening to this is going to go, well, you could just leave them. Yeah, the property is going to fall apart if I do. True. I mean, literally, the property is going to fall apart if I do. But if I buy the property and I put money into it, I have to increase the rents because yeah. everything that I'm buying to put into the properties also costs more now. And so this is just going to perpetuate and it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think, because there's not, just not enough places, just not enough places
1: yeah and not enough i mean i have clients knocking down my door for multi-family duplexes to fourplexes i'm like man they're coming but they all sell in like 24 hours or less sometimes 10 minutes because people are waiting and waiting and ready to buy multi-family and that land yeah. the zoning for that land like you just have to find the right land that you can even build that type of property so anyhow
0: yeah. and the cities are not they're guys when you're out there and you're listening to the news and they talk about the horrible, evil capitalists who won't do these affordable housing projects, they're just not telling you the truth. I would do one. Yeah. I would do one. I would do a ton of them. You can't make the numbers work and the city won't get out of its own way to zone the land the proper way. They, the cities have yeah. the dirt. They could fix this problem. They're just not doing it. They're just not doing yeah. it. So anyway, that's enough um, probably today of flogging the horse, I, I guess, um, the dead horse.
1: <laughs>
0: but man, I'm telling you guys, until the numbers get to where they are untenable for, um, for a cash on cash return, the returns are, in, are insane. There is a reason that Wall Street is playing this game as big as Wall Street is playing this game. Yep. I'll just, and I'll just leave it at that.
1: Amen. Oh, I love talking about this
0: stuff, man. feels so good. Until next time, out there, make something happen, folks. And don't stop because of interest rates. Make it happen. This has been the Get
1: Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all
0: episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.